Welcome to 32 Campus Drive. This is the University of Montana's own podcast coming to you from the heart of beautiful Missoula, Montana. Our aim is to tell the unique stories of the people, places, and creatures associated with Grizz Nation. Hi, and welcome to 32 Campus Drive. This is the second episode. My name is Sherry Trussler, and I'll be your host. This episode features a world-traveling historian from the Native Studies Department and the mastermind behind a launch pad based out of the University Center that helps students grow and maintain their small businesses. Pretty cool, right? I'm starting with Dave Beck in the Native American Studies Department. This mustachioed white man in a Pendleton vest has more books in his office than a small-town library. Beck has spent the last 20 years traveling down to Latin America to meet with and learn more about various indigenous cultures. Even before I came here, I worked at an American Indian college in Chicago. And what one of the things we did there was we worked with a national American Indian organization called Americans for Indian Opportunity, and they have a, a leadership development program. It's called the Ambassador Program. Beck traveled with groups as a faculty member. Beck's wife was also part of the program. Her name is Rosalind Lapierre, and she teaches environmental studies at the University of Montana, is a researcher for the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History, and is a member of Montana's Blackfeet tribe. Together, they have dozens of awards and appreciations. If there's ever been a power couple, it's probably them. When we traveled, Rosalind, my wife Rosalind, was an ambassador the first year of the program, and then after that, she became a faculty member for the program as well. And in, throughout the 90s when we traveled, we brought our children with us. And when you travel to Latin America and you have young children, people are just very, very friendly to you. Beck says the reason Latin America interests him as a professor is because people in the United States don't often realize that the majority of indigenous people actually live outside of the U.S. We visited a village in Bolivia. We got into, I believe, two Toyota pickup trucks. There were about 35 of us on this trip. And so they put boards on the back of the trucks. And we're driving down this road that they called the Big Road. And it was uh, just at the beginning of the rain season. And the people we were visiting lived on a hill that became an island during the rainy season. So for several months after the rains came, they would be isolated there. And so at some point when it really started pouring, um, somebody got out of the front seat of the truck and, and said to Rosalind, get in the truck with Abaki. Abaki is their eldest daughter, who is actually just a baby at the time. Rosalind and Abaki were in the truck with Edgar Bowen, who is an elder chief from the Coos tribe. And it was just as wet up there because the windows leaked and the water was flooding in the windows. And the rain really started pouring. And, you know, we held tarps over our heads in the back of the truck. And we got to the village and the children in the village grabbed our daughter and ran off and played with her while we were meeting with the leaders of the village. And they, they, they took us to a meeting place. First, they took us to the church, but the Catholic church is used there in that village as a place to house their animals. So they thought that that wouldn't be a good place for us to meet. And we went past the soccer field that USAID had built. And they took us to a, a, a community sh meeting house, which was an open-air meeting house with a roof. Uh, and there was a whole pile of um, rusting sewing machines sitting in the corner. And we, st and we visited with them through several layers of translation. It was obvious that missionaries and government officials had been there trying to, um, in their terms, help them uh, by providing them with sewing machines so they could make clothing 
or building a church for them and that they had put those things to different use. They couldn't use the sewing machines because it was because they rusted so fast. And we asked um, the leaders of that community, well, what do you need? Um, the outsiders coming in had determined what they thought the community needed, and obviously it hadn't been something that they were really, um, that was really useful for them. And um, they said, we need two things. We need surveyors and we need lawyers. We need surveyors to um, mark out where our lands are, and we need lawyers to go to the national courts and protect our lands for us. Despite being an outsider himself, this is what Beck lives for. He can't even remember how many trips like this he's gone on. He's been to Mexico enough times over a long enough period that he's actually seen a complete turnaround from the way indigenous people have been treated there. In the 1990s in Mexico, the federal policy toward Indians was still to assimilate them into Mexican society. And so when we met with the leaders of the federal government in the Mexican branch of what's known as the Bureau of Indian Affairs in the United States, uh, they really emphasized that they were trying to, um, in their words, help American Indians and Mexican-American Indians become Mexican uh, and to um, lose their connection to their culture so that they could become part of modern society. If you fast forward to 2010, when I took a group of students from the University of Montana down to Mexico, and we met with the um, same officials in the same positions in their Office of Indian Affairs, uh, they had an entirely opposite perspective on what they were trying to do. And they, to- they told us that the federal efforts were to recognize distinct cultures and help um, maintain and preserve Mexican Indi- indigenous languages and indigenous cultures. Dave Beck and Rosalind Lapierre continue to aid Native communities, but now their two children are older and in high school. On top of that, they're focusing more on being full-time professors at the university. They still make time to travel and change the world, and now they get their students involved in things like the Ambassador Program and other programs that they have at the University of Montana. For 32 Campus Drive, I'm Sherry Trussler. I'm Claire Bergeson. Paul Gladen is a businessman, like a real businessman. He's got a low voice and a bald head, and he knows how to help people make their ideas into reality. In the spring of 2014, Gladen became the director of a program on campus called the Blackstone Launchpad. Maybe you've heard of it. They've had a hand in helping businesses come to life or stay afloat, like Big Sky Brewery, Five on Black, and the Market on Front. But what the Launchpad actually is? Well, the name speaks for itself. Gladen and manager Jennifer Stevens, plus their support staff, help launch ideas into businesses or nonprofits. And I mean any idea. Students, staff, and alumni have come to them for help on everything from app design businesses to vehicles. It's a very broad spectrum. I mean, from food and beverage to software businesses to retail to manufacturing, it's literally all over the shop, and including not-for-profit organizations. We've had several people coming in wanting to start not-for-profits, typically trying to kind of help sort of uh, under sort of disadvantaged kind of communities. So it's... It's bringing very diverse. They've also helped on a number of different levels. Gladen said some people come in with just ideas and have no idea where to go from there. Well, first, he says, you have to see if the market wants what you have to offer. They help with in-depth research to give people who don't have that kind of experience a fair chance. 
Gladen says they don't just look at the potential idea either. They look at the person with the idea. So we're not the shark tank, so we don't sort of listen to their idea and say, hey, we don't think that's a very good idea, you shouldn't do it. Our job is really to help facilitate them through that process and for them to discover whether their idea is good or not, as well as also do they have um, sort of the passion and drive and motivation to take their idea from just an idea into in a real organization that's serving customers or serving a community that can benefit from what they're trying to do. The Launchpad has helped out a lot of new businesses, but some of them that are more visible had started before they began consulting. Gladen and the team have been able to coach those businesses and facilitate finding connections, like financial backers or other support systems from the greater entrepreneurial community. I will be perfectly honest in saying I did not think Missoula or any part of Montana had a very big entrepreneurial community. I can hardly say entrepreneurial without stumbling. So when Gladen started talking about this community, I was surprised. But that's actually kind of how we ended up coming to Missoula in the first place. After graduating from Oxford with a math degree and the University of Manchester with a master's in business, Gladen went on to work for a number of consulting firms and startups. He started a business with a student at UM, and after it grew, it made sense for him to relocate. After some time in Missoula, Gladen was eventually asked to give talks at the UM Business School and judge their annual startup pitch competition. In 2007, he created the Hellgate Venture Network, a group of entrepreneurs in Montana collecting together to help build a better landscape for small businesses. The network has racked up 700 members on LinkedIn, and their monthly meetings consistently host 30 to 70 people. The entrepreneurial community in Montana is dynamic, growing, highly collaborative and supportive, and fun. So a big part of the Launchpad is helping to connect the person behind the great idea to the people in the community who are interested in making it happen. Terrible at math? They'll help you with the financial models and the statistics you need. Don't have the cash? They'll help you find someone who does. Gladen says this position with Blackstone has been a great opportunity to do the things he loves. And I love doing it. I love working with entrepreneurs, love working with students, so it's kind of perfect fit. He also said he loves to do what he calls classic Montana things. I mean, they're classic Montana things, which is why I'm here. I love to ski, love to mountain bike. Uh, I've run the Missoula Marathon the last two years, so I kind of trained for that. Uh, being an Englishman, I appreciate good beer, and Missoula has plenty of that. It's a unique experience talking to a man that has done so much in a realm I don't understand. He explains things very matter-of-factly, very simply. And it's funny, during this interview I started thinking, yeah, I could start a business, and flipped through the idea notebook in my head. A pillow so you can sit down in your shower and shave your legs. A sock that doesn't fall down in your boot. A bar to keep your sheets and blankets from coming untucked. Clearly, some incredibly well-thought-out plans. But, you know, maybe I'll just stick to making podcasts instead. With 32 Campus Drive, I'm Claire Bergeson.